Blog Talk Radio. and you're listening to Live Without Limits, Reach Personal Success on a Daily Basis. We do this weekly show to where we discuss different lifestyles, mental health, and various topics to help you reach and become the best possible individual that you can possibly be. And we also have a monthly challenge that's called Seven Ways to Reach Personal Success on a Daily Basis. Today's presentation is titled, What's Distress Tolerance? Learn how to manage your distress through DBT, American philosopher William James, once said, the greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. This doesn't mean attending to stress or unpleasant emotions in life. In fact, experiencing negative emotions or events is something that everyone goes through at one point in time or another. It's all about how you handle it and how you respond to it. We have to live a life where we encounter stress, or rather what we do is in our daily lives, whether it's as a young child or as an adult or even as we age, that somewhere along the line, experiences you have or people that you come in contact with at one time or another is going to create stress. Distress tolerance is all about learning to manage your response to a situation. In truth, we can't control every situation that we meet, but we can control our reaction and how we process or cope to it. And here's also something to think about. We all have certain behavior patterns, and those behavior patterns react differently to different stimuli, and how you react to it also affects how you handle stress in your life. Distress tolerance skills are actually rooted in Dialectical Behavioral Therapy, or DBT, which is a type of cognitive behavior therapy, or CBT. So let's dive in. What should you know about distress tolerance? How can you use it to manage your distress 
in your life. Your cognitive behavior is also determined by the brain and how the brain processes information. It's like your brain, your eye, your, your, your sight, everything is interconnected. That's why different people are connected differently and what they see, what they hear, how they react to it, all is different. What is the meaning of distress tolerance? Distress tolerance refers to the ability to manage your emotions without overwhelm and with the eventual goal of returning to equilibrium. In other words, it's about overcoming life's challenges without making those challenges worse. And a lot of it revolves around acceptance. And it's whether or not you accept yourself as well as how the people around you accept you. And it's your perception of how they react to different situations. In turn, these distress tolerance skills can help prevent us from that out of control feeling, which can ultimately lead down a slippery slope and really impact our mental health. These skills also include a variety of techniques which we will explore in a section later on and other suggestions on how you can use them. So let's look at some of these things and let's decide what is our true behavior, what is that that we can control, you know, it's easy to place blame on someone else because when you place blame on someone else, then you don't have to admit that you made the wrong choice because unless someone is holding a gun to your head and making you do something, you have a choice to make. And of course, we're going to make the wrong choices at times. But how you relate to it, how you deal with it, all determines the things that you need to understand how you react and what is your natural behavioral pattern. And I think before I go on, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, you've got the Myers-Briggs. You've got the color codes. Now, you also have the disc. And the disc one that I use because it's easier to explain where people understand it much easier because you've got the dominant personality who believes they can control everything. You've got the I, which is interpersonal skills. You've got the S, which is steadiness. And that person is more of an even keel. They do everything by the book. 
And then you've got this C, which is the conscientious behavior pattern. And that person literally questions everything. Now, we all have all these behavior patterns in us. Some are our, are our weaknesses. Some of them are our strengths. And we can move in the tr- from one to the other when we need to. And when we communicate with other people, we, it's important to adapt because that way you can communicate with each other much more effectively than if you just talk to them in one behavior pattern. So why does, do some people have low distress tolerance? There are many reasons. Someone might have a low distress tolerance. For example, your childhood or adolescence could shape whether you have a high or low distress tolerance. A child who was scolded for showing normal emotions like crying might have a low distress tolerance since they aren't sure how to deal with or cope with intense emotions. In fact, if we don't know how to cope with our emotions, we are more likely to turn to unhealthy outlets, such as anger, drugs, alcohol. And I think this is something that we need to realize, that this is also signs of an addictive behavior pattern, because you really just don't know how to handle your emotions, and therefore you, you respond in certain ways. And now, I'm going to say, I know that as a child, I was abused many times. When I look back on it, or when I, I can see my anger coming out, but I know where it's coming from and why, because those relationships were never really resolved. And if, if, you, if you find that the other person is like blank or, the, or they just don't see what they're doing, but they're constantly blaming you for why they react the way they do, then that is a toxic relationship to begin with. And that also can affect how you handle different situations. Additionally, those diagnosed with mental disorders, such as depression or anxiety, also have a low distress tolerance. Personality and other variables may also play a role. For example, individuals diagnosed with ADHD often have a low distress tolerance and struggle to self-regulate their emotional states. So how do you manage distress? Luckily for you, you can manage your distress tolerance or work with a therapist to figure out relevant coping strategies for you. Some distress tolerance skills include self-soothing techniques. This involves 
relaxation techniques to help improve the clarity of thought. In turn, this can help you approach your situation from a less emotional state as well as calm your initial reaction. Some ways to do this include, and many years ago, before you had iTunes and before you had digital, there were tape recorders, and often you could put in a tape with a deep relaxation message that help you tense up and relax. Now you can get into yoga and various types of breathing techniques where it's getting back in touch with who you are. So taking deep breaths and paying close attention to your breathing, going to or visualizing places where you feel calm and relaxed, listening to relaxing music, hugging a friend or family member, sitting in natural and simply listening. Two, music and observing it. Playing with your dog or cat. Taking a warm bath. Journaling. Journaling is a part of what we call the laws of attraction because it helps you to write out your thoughts and keep a record of it so that years later you could always go back and see what you were doing and what you were feeling at that moment. Distraction. There are tons of ways to do this. Basically, distracting yourself helps you calm down. Then approach the situation from this state. Here is how you can use this. Perform an immersive activity such as pottery, craft, paint, painting, or sports. People watch in the park. Write a note of appreciation to a loved one. Watch a comedy or a feel-good movie. Cook yourself a delicious meal. What is this doing? It's, as they're saying, distraction. But what it is means is that when you're painting, you're totally into what you're creating. When you're cooking a delicious meal and you're putting all the ingredients in, you're basically paying attention to what you're doing. Therefore, when you're doing something or even reading a book, you are so in tune to it that you don't have time to let the stress affect you. Practical, radical acceptance. When you feel out of control, you can feel increased anxiety, fear, depression, overwhelm. You might even feel paralyzed. Yet practicing 
this technique can help you overcome these extreme emotions and begin to move forward that all too common phrase, it is what it is, absolutely applies here. Often there isn't anything that we can do but accept it, whether it involves accepting a loss of a loved one or accepting a new change in your life, accepting what it allows you to take back control, the pressure that you feel to fix the situation alleviates and helps you feel much, much better. And yes, this is hard to do, and yes, it takes practice. A few strategies that can help here include mantras, journaling, and you want to truly approach this situation without judgment and recognize that this has happened. On the other hand, or on the other side, you also can accept that it doesn't have to define you. If you don't want to do it, while the situation itself might be out of your control, you are always within your own control, as confusing as that might sound. Now, let's look at this and give an example. How learning what we're talking about here is well, you can see it in your everyday example of things that you deal with. That if you just don't know how to handle a situation and you have to think about it, what happens? Then you just kind of sit there and you just don't react. So what you need to understand is when we say it is what it is, and you, I'm sure you've heard many of people say that to you, is that when you look at relationships, you have toxic relationships out there, because, especially when someone grows up in a home where there is a toxic relationship. Well, that's their comfort zone. That's how they know how to respond in those situations. But you have to learn how are you going to deal with the situation on your own and decide if you're going to accept it and stay in it or you're going to get away from it. Now, there's certain situations where you can't actually get away from it. But remember, we all have within us the fight a flight mechanism. So you have to determine which is detrimental to your health and which is something you can tolerate and accept. The stop skill. Stop stands for stop. Take a step back. Observe your internal and external environment. Proceed mindfully. So 
S-T-O-P. S-stop. T, take a step back. O, observe your internal and external environment. P, proceed mindfully. For example, maybe you're so overwhelmed by the work projects that your emotions have got the best of you. You're struggling to get anything done. Stop by pausing, then taking a step back. Breathe here, then really tune into how you feel and examine what needs to be completed. From there, you can proceed mindfully, determining the best action forward. Remember, look at it like you're you're setting up smart goals. Be specific. Make it measurable. Well, are you going to accept it? Is it repeatable? Is it time stamped? If all of these things are working for you, then you can look at something and put it together in a manageable way and always break things down into smaller activities. Therefore, you can look, you can reach a goal and you can measure it and you can feel good about achieving it. The tip skill, T-I-P-P, is another common distress tolerance skill by DBT therapist. TIP stands for temperature, intense exercise, paced breathing, progressive relaxation. Basically, it's a sequence of actions that you can follow when you feel intense emotions. For example, you notice that your temperature is quite hot and you're sweating. After this observation, try a brief step of intense exercise. You could bust out 10 burpees or go for a quick sprint around. Whatever works. What you're doing is you're putting yourself in a position here where you are intensely focused on what you're doing. Because if you're running, you have to pay attention because what is, you don't want to injure yourself, so you have to watch the street. At the same time, you have to watch what's ahead of you especially if you're running on the road and there's traffic. <laughs> After this, you use paced breathing to activate that parasympathetic nervous system. You rest and digest 
Okay, let's say this again. Your rest and digest system. You can use the 4-4-8 method by breathing in through your nose to a count of four, pausing to a count of four, and exhaling to a count of eight. Lastly, you perform a round of progressive relaxation. This involves tightening up one muscle group at a time and intensely releasing and relaxing it. And when you're doing that, you're also in a position where, what are you doing? You're getting the feel of the tightness. So as you release it, you're feeling yourself letting go of that stress that is creating the distress that you're feeling. Learn how to manage your distress through BT. Use the above distress tolerance skills to improve your mental resilience and feel better. If you struggle to do this on your own, there is absolutely no shame in seeking out the help of a professional therapist. In fact, we encourage it. Your mental health matters, and so does your ability to manage your emotions. When you can stay in charge of your mental state, you truly can be capable of anything. In other words, the world is your oyster. And remember this, that often people want to say things like how they can't control their life, but you can. But it's a matter of are you going to take control of your life? You know, you could go to therapy for years and years and years. But if you don't want to change, then no one can make you change. Only you have the ability to make that choice. Animals do things on instinct and react to the situation around them. Humans are much more evolved, and the their brain is able to take in information and process it and make the right decisions. But if you make the wrong decisions, don't beat yourself up. Look at it as a learning curve because we don't know how to react in different situations if we've never been in it before. And I'm going to finish up by telling you a little story of something that happened to me that, yes, it created some stress. Uh, when I lived in New York, I was working for the, the city doing welfare recertification. And we had to go out for training. And what happened was I was also in graduate school and working at night, and I had forgotten that I had 
uh, I had had five dollars in me and taken it and broken it. And then when it came time to pay, instead of speaking up in, in front of everyone and saying that I had forgotten to go to the bank and take money out because I came home from class late and didn't want to be in the bank when it was dark and that I would go the next day and bring the money to them. I did it in a, a way that I talked to one person and he mentioned it and it embarrassed me the hell out of me, but it was a learning curve because I had never been in that kind of situation where I had gone out to eat with a group and, and not had enough money or know how to handle it. So we learn from our experiences. And therefore, how you deal with someone depends on what you know and how to reduce that stress. And you can go to the website, Personal Success on a Daily Basis, and you can sign up to take my challenge. I have one that's currently finishing up, but I will be putting on another one next month, and you can attend that one.